Blog Talk Radio. Our show is for entertainment purposes only. The opinions expressed by the host and guest on this show are not necessarily those of TPPC.TV's web TV show, radio show, blog, or its sponsors. Don't use the medical information obtained here as a substitute for a visit to your vet. If you think your pet is sick, get help immediately. At first I was like, was this something I said? But you know what? I love being a monster. I called my mom last night, and I was like, guess what? And she was like, what? And I said, I'm a monster. Rawr! And welcome to Pets Teachers So Much Radio with your hosts, stars of TPPC TV, Robin and Joseph Everett. Hello, everyone, and whoopee woo. Everett and Everett here. I'm Robin Everett. And I'm Joseph Everett. Welcome to our show, Pets Teachers So Much. We are animal advocates, pet lifestyle experts, and pet trendologists, bringing you the latest pet news and celebrity gossip. It's one of those nights, people. Uh, as you can see by the beginning of our show. As always, we have great content. It's the most up-to-date info for you and your pet's health and safety, brought to you in a very real, raw, gritty, and not sugar-coated format. Today on Pets Teach Us So Much Radio, we have author and dog trainer Jill Keating. She's going to talk to us about the two books she wrote. Very, very interesting stuff. Uh, we're excited to have her with her with us tonight. And of course, we have tons of current news stories for dog lovers and for cat lovers and for rabbit lovers. Hmm. Who doesn't love a little bun bun? Yeah. We have a groovy group on Facebook, the TPPC.TV Pet Lover Crew. Check us out and join in the fun. Post your pics, scoop events, and you and your pets can hang out with the coolest pets on the net. If you have news or you'd like to be on our show, send an inquiry to info at TPPC.TV. And please check out our blog and like us, too. Jay Drew in the chat room. The Drew Miser. Hi, Drew. Thanks for joining us. We have our glasses on, Drew, so we can hear you and see you. I cannot see that little tiny print, Drew. Come on now. I mean, that's real. I guess my eyes are getting worse because it's getting harder and harder. So um, it's been an interesting week here, the blizzard that didn't happen in the Northeast. I mean, it snowed, and it's cold. Yeah, we only got, you know, 10 to 12 inches instead of uh, of 24 to 36. Yeah. I mean, believe me, I'm not complaining, and I don't think the newscasters need to apologize. The weathercasters are like, not sorry, all. I'm not sorry. No. And I'm, they shouldn't be sorry, as far as I'm concerned. Thanks to the larger print, Drew. And incidentally, a lot of folks that um, listen to us, you know, you can join in the chat room. I know this is, might be a tough time for a lot of people, but if you go to Blog Talk Radio, dot com forward slash tppc tv you can join in the conversation yeah we know you're out there in the chat room we see you there but you don't want to venture in (laughs) okay (laughs) people are just shy i also think this is the week of horrific pet news i mean it (laughs) drew we got mm, no snow 
<laughs> By the way, Drew, don't think we didn't see your post about you not being able to drive because of the sun glare, okay? You did have you that did was have hysterical. you did have us cracking up. Yeah, that was very funny. He's like, oh, I can't drive. Oh, oh sun glare. You're gonna be Too stuck much. with new neighbors in a couple of months, Drew. Yeah. Around the yeah. end of April, you're gonna be stuck with some new neighbors. It's coming quick. Very nerve wracking. <laughs> <laughs> but Drew said it's gonna be cold in Florida tonight. Forty nine. Oh, you poor dear. It's like oh. I don't know, six degrees here. So. And with the wind chill, minus something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, so um, it's this is a week of horrific pet news. Like, it, I, I had to pull these stories because it, it just reaffirms yeah. why we don't like people, to be quite honest. Yeah, I, I did see the stories, and I was like, you know, I'm going to let you pull. Yeah, well. I just, some of them were just. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about them because they need to be talked about. Um, but. Before we do, let's talk about uh, an article by uh, Kimberly Guavier that uh, published today. She is uh, author of the blog Keep the Tail Wagging and a contributor. And you know she's going to be speaking at Blog Pause. I was happy to hear yeah. that. She's a nice lady. Yes, she is. So she wrote a great article about clearing the clutter for New Year and giving it to rescue. She said they have a room in their house that you could barely move around in. It looks like an episode of The Hoarder Show. But without the dead mice. Uh, she said, this used to be my home photography studio and then my office. It's now the future location of the man cave. We have three hutches, a cool Ikea shelving unit, and loads of dog supplies. She says she's been slowly cleaning up the room for months. And with the new year looming, she wanted to finish it up before January 1st. She said, why it's important to clear clutter? I'm one of those woo-woo people who believes in the universe, higher beings, and angels. Clearing up clutter helps the energy flow easily into our lives. Personally, whenever I clean out my closet or organize my dresser, I can think more clearly, breathe easier, and I feel more relaxed. So what better time to clear the clutter than right before the start of the new year? And who wants to draw, drag all that stress into the new year with you? Your loss can be a shelter's gain. Don't eat what you're not using. She said they own nearly 10 dog beds. There's a box of dog clothing they never use, loads of other dog products, treats, grooming products, etc. that need a new home. She said she could call friends and swap products or donate what they don't need to a local rescue. She said, are you a couple? Donate duplicates. So we have several pieces of furniture that can use a new home. Those will be saved for a summertime garage sale, and the funds will be donated to rescue. Have a garage sale for rescue. She has loads of photography, business, business design, and fiction books that she no longer reads, and those can, turn, can be turned into cash at a local bookstore sold at a garage sale for money that can go to rescue. Give quality food, not money. If you don't want to donate cash, donate quality food. Dogs with terrible skin, stiff joints, and a tired disposition don't make great adoption candidates. Better food can help. If after you've raised cash for your favorite cause, spend it at a local pet store for your rescue shelter of choice. Reach out to the store manager and see if they'll offer you a discount since it's for rescue. All they can say is no. If you need ideas on how you can best give to rescue, reach out to local rescues and shelters and see what they need. In our community, many have a list of things they need on their site. Together, she said, we can start uh, 2015 on a high note by helping dogs and cats, of course, that are waiting for a forever home. And that's a really good point. 
Yeah, I hope she does better than we do in this area. When we moved here, we had really quality, nice furniture. I mean, it was nice stuff. But, you know, Rob and I both had our own places and everything, and we didn't need triple and quadruple sets of couches and chairs, and we couldn't even get this stuff away. Well, it was after Hurricane Sandy, and everybody donated. Yeah, I guess. Or Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, Katrina. I'm sorry. Way back when. Yeah. It was after Katrina, and everybody had donated, and they weren't taking any furniture. Yeah. And, you know, there is a rescue group in Asbury Park, New Jersey, that does a garage sale for Benefit of Rescue, which is really nice. I like that a lot. Yes. Are you looking at that picture? Yeah. Dead cat escapes grave after being buried alive. I didn't read that. Wow. Okay, she didn't hear about the poor zombie cat. But this is a sad story because the cat's name is Bart. Well, you might as well go to the story. Okay, Bart's grief-stricken owner had buried him after his lifeless body was found in the middle of the road following a car accident. The cat was buried after being hit by a car and seemingly come back from the dead. So he thought the cat was dead. And after managing to claw himself out of the grave, he is now termed the zombie cat. Wow. After uh, Bart appeared lifeless after being found in the middle of the road by his owner, and he was laid to rest. But five days later, the two-year-old cat was spotted in a neighborhood in a neighbor's garden alive, despite the animal's serious injuries. Bart's owner thought he had died in the accident. He had dug himself out of the grave and slowly made his way back home. Albeit weak, dehydrated, and in need of medical attention, the Humane Society, which is now caring for Bart and his owner, um, as his owner, rather, is unable to pay for veterinary treatment. That's very nice. Hmm. In the UK, that would do something nice like that. When Bart was taken to the... Is this the UK? Oh, yeah. wait, I'm sorry. This article... My, my bad. This article came from the UK, but this happened in Florida. Okay, okay. When Bart was taken to the Animal Health Center of Florida, doctors discovered he had sustained a broken jaw and open facial wounds during the accident. The feisty feline has also undergone surgery so one of his eyes could be removed. Vets expect Bart to make a strong recovery, allowing him to return home in the not-so-distant future. Drew was saying, now I've officially heard it all. And in Florida, nonetheless, Drew. In Florida. Yeah. That was, you know. Wow. Wow. So, honey, we need to go to break and um, do uh, the uh, uh, photography. You know, uh, we got to talk about the Super Pet Expo when we come back. There's so much exciting stuff when we come back. Uh, We'll be right back, and uh, we will tell you everything that's going on because there's a lot of exciting stuff. so much have you ever wanted to have an amazing photo taken of your pet your pet is the most treasured companion 
So why not have a photo of them? Aerial Star Productions can help you. Go to www.tazphoto.com. That's www.tazphoto.com to see the many pet photos we have taken through the years. That's www.tazphoto.com. And make sure when you email or call us to mention hearing about us from Robin at TPPC. And Joe. So I got all excited because the Super Pet Expo is coming up this weekend. And uh, not this weekend, next weekend. Sorry, I'm off by weekend. Um, and you know at the Super Pet Expo we have our uh, pet fashion show, which is a event for rescues. We feature rescues there who are exhibiting. And uh, we highlight the rescues there. And then we also have people who are attending the uh event they can exhibit as well so it's very exciting because um it's a lot of fun we posted some pictures uh on the internet so that people can see the prize because there's fantastic prize baskets too. yes beautiful prizes so uh taz photography is our official photographer we have um uh dj sean returning this year sean fink um Partners in Sound from Staten Island, uh, Animal Lovers And as they well. do a real good job. They do a real good job. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then Sunday uh, at 11.30, we're going to do a radio show. We're going to tape to broadcast the radio show. Yes, we are. So um, we have lots of guests lined up, and it, again, it should be a lot of fun. So anyway, um, I was excited. So there's, as I mentioned, there was a lot of horrific news. And Drew, you had sent this to us. Uh, today, via Facebook, uh, we saw on Sky News horrific news about uh, why is this? Why do we have to go to the UK to see everything strange happening in the United States? This woman tried to drown a puppy. No, she did. Yeah, she she's accused of drowning a puppy so that she could get on. I'll say it. She did it. Yeah. She, well, she the it was a weeks old Doberman was found dead in an airport toilet after a U.S. woman failed to sneak it onto a flight. U.S. woman has been accused of drowning a puppy in an airport bathroom after being told she couldn't board the plane with the pet. Cynthia Anderson made two attempts to get on the flight at Central Nebraska Regional Airport. With five dogs. Yeah. I mean, come on. The 56-year-old Edgewater, Florida woman was traveling with two adult Yorkshire Terriers, which were in a kennel crates, the two Yorkshire puppy uh, Terrier puppies, and a Dobie puppy. I mean, it's ridiculous. And when her bag was screened, security agents told her she could not fly with three-week, three-week-old puppies because they were too young. Dogs must be at least eight weeks old to board the plane. So she, it was a little, real little baby puppy she threw in the toilet. And they shouldn't have been taken away from their mommy that little. I'd like to put her in the toilet head first. Grand, I sh- and let her bubble. Yeah, the Grand Island police captain. And Dean, suffocate on a turd. Yeah, Dean Elliott told Sky News, um, the eyes weren't even open on the puppies yet, they were so little. So Anderson dropped off the two terrier puppies with her parents and returned to the airport a day later with the two adult dogs. She also had the Doberman puppy hidden in her carry-on luggage. Um... After she was told she couldn't fly with the puppy, witnesses said she went into the women's bathroom and the puppy was found dead in the toilet. Necropsy showed lungs filled with water. You know, I'm not a violent person, but that's just somebody I could just sit and stand and just beat 
their face and until it turns into chopped meat. Yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. Um, Drew said uh, that he was very upset reading it, of course, and a amen to eye for an eye. And she is disgusting, Drew. Um, and the two adult dogs are now at the Central, hum- Central Nebraska Humane Society. What kind of a person... Not a person. Who feels nothing about killing an animal like that. Oh, I'll just go drown it in the toilet. And what was she trying get on the to plane. do? Who knows? I mean... They're all cray-cray. They're all hopped up on some type of... Uh, look, don't let me get going. She did look cray-cray. I have to give you that. They got those eyes. Yes. Those eyes, I went out for a pack of cigarette eyes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And uh, like we said at the top of the show, this is just... <laughs> Just unfortunately, one of those weeks. Then. And if people don't remember the the nut down in the Carolinas, that it went was out for Georgia. Of, Georgia, well, somewhere. They went out for a pack of cigarettes and never came back. Yeah. And she had those cray cray eyes. Yeah. Just like this one. Absolutely. Now let's switch gears and just do a touch of celebrity gossip, if we may. Like a jewel. Did you know, Kaylee? Coco Sweeting. She is on the Big Bang Theater. What's she doing there with that brajol hanging out there? What are you looking at? This one here. What is that article? Why I gained 42 pounds for TV. Reality star Katie Hopkins. She spent three months purposely gaining weight, eating 6,500 calories a day, and then three months losing it all. What was your inspiration? I don't know. Was she like Hopkins fat and back will air? January 18th and January 25th. Oh, that's, that's great for you. That's great for you. That's a healthy thing to do. Yeah, she looks weird, too. Okay. Okay, thanks for that. Sorry. Um, so do you the, see what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Okay. So the woman who's on the Big Bang Theory, if you like that show, it's kind of funny. Um, she is a big horse lover. Horses are my obsession. I have five of them. They keep me sane. Didn't know that. I've seen pictures cool. of her riding, but didn't know that she was a super big horse person. We had two horses that kept us insane. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were that way in the beginning. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, a lot of years, a lot of fun. Did you guys hear about Dennis the Dawson? Oh, what a shame. Well, Dennis, he was the really, really overweight Dawson. Oh, wow. Look at him. Well, he lost... Um, 43 pounds. Yeah, 43 pounds. He's 56 pounds, and he really couldn't walk around too good. But what happened was, he was rescued from a life of neglect. Dennis the the Dachshund slimmed down and regained his vibrant personality. Brooke Burton has a hard time keeping up with her six-year-old Dachshund, Dennis, who always wants to play ball. It's hard to believe that the rambunctious 13-pound Pooch is the same dog she discovered in 2013 in the home of an elderly relative. My great uncle was a hoarder, and I went over there to help him clean his house. Then I saw this thing coming towards me like a slug. He would take a few steps and then have to rest. Burton, 27, took Dennis, who weighed 56 pounds thanks to a diet of fast food burgers, pizza, and frozen dinners. Back to her Columbus, Ohio home, effectively saving his life. Dachshunds are more likely to have ruptured discs than any other breed, said Dennis' current vet, Dr. Kathleen Hamm. Excessive weight can definitely make those back problems worse. Burton immediately put Dennis on a restricted diet, 
one-third a cup of dry food twice a day, which helped him shed 10 pounds in three weeks. As he got used to regular exercise, the weight continued to fall off, but he wasn't able to run, she said. He would step on all his belly skin. So the nursing student, who also has a black lab named Riley, who is six years old, turned to crowdsourcing to raise $1,700 for skin removal surgery. He's already undergone two procedures. The final one certainly seems, I'm sorry, the final one is slated for next month. Dennis, for one, certainly seems to enjoy his sleeker physique. His whole personality's changed, said Burton. He's always looking for someone to play with, and he loves to bark orders. So that's a very nice story that she took that dog from her uncle, and he has a nice place now. Oh, shame. So we see our guest, Joel Keating, circling the airport, as we say. Uh, Jill has been training dogs and their owners for the past 13 years and is the owner of The Social Canine, a doggy daycare in Westford, Massachusetts. As an in-home dog trainer, she has helped thousands of owners improve communication with their dogs and, in turn, improve the quality of life they share together. Jill currently lives in Littleton, Massachusetts with her husband, their two daughters, and a 12-year-old rescue dog named Megan. Let's bring her on. Jill, are you there? Yes, how are you, Robin? Good. Hey, Jill, how are you? Good, good, thank you. I'm glad to be on. Thanks for having me. So did you guys get hit with snow, first of all, where you are in Massachusetts? Um, just 36 inches. Really wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we got, we got hit hard. <laughs> wow. So you got with, what you was... Took our 36. Yeah, you took our 36 inches, and thank you for that. We appreciate it here oh, in New Jersey. Yes. And, and it was even funner removing it all from our 70 by 30 outside dog pen for the dogs. <sighs> that That took six hours, so... It was a lovely storm here in Massachusetts. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's painful. But what, <laughs> yep. here, that we're so glad that you're actually able to join us that you have electricity and everything. So now yeah. tell us what drove you to write Don't Ruin the Dog, uh, two books that we're talking about tonight. Don't Ruin the Dog and the choose and choosing the right shelter dog. Well, I have to say that the real inspiration for uh, writing Don't Ruin the Dog was um, bad owners. <laughs> yeah. Or inexperienced, or I'll say even to inexperienced owners. Um, it's really about having, over the last 13 years, just watched countless owners teaching their dogs uh, to be bad dogs teaching them, and a lot of times, innocently, and they did, did not mean to be teaching the bad behaviors, but, but they were doing so, and, and basically the dogs were uh, taking on these signals and realizing, hey, I guess my owner wants me to do this, and uh, unknowingly tr- being trained to you know, have bad behaviors. Um, and, and it really is a, it's a tough thing to, to witness because 
you know, the poor dogs, it's not their fault. I, I tell my owners over and over again, hey, dogs only do what their environment allows them to get away with. So, you know, if you aren't going to take the time to teach them the house rules, you can't expect them to know them and obey them. Uh, mm-hmm. So really it's the owner's job to um, really kind of be the better, the best teacher and guide that they can be. And, and, and you know, the don't ruin the dog is a nice guide for teaching you how to get on the right path to being that dog owner that your dog needs you to be. I put the onus, I put the, the responsibility on the owners because, you know, it, it is their job to, uh, to provide the good leadership, the good guidance. And, uh, and, and once the dogs, you know, dogs will only do what their environment allows them to get away with. Yeah. And uh, if they're taught funny. the right behaviors, they'll do them. It, it's funny that you said people need to take the time to teach the right behaviors because that's such a problem, I'm sure, for a lot of people. So what is the best piece of advice you could give to someone who's looking to adopt a shelter or a rescue dog? Yes, absolutely. It's a very important question. And, and, and it's something that is so important. They do not let their emotions get in the way. Uh, that is one of the biggest, uh, that is one of the surefire re- ways to sabotage your dog search. Um, you go into the shelter, you look at the innocent faces, you get drawn in, um, and, and you just make a decision based on emotions rather than, um, you know, logic and, and doing your homework. I, I love pe- when people can do their homework, figure out which breeds are right for them, go into the shelter slightly informed, uh, letting their homework help guide them rather than their emotions. Um, it's really an important thing to, to do homework ahead of time. Take breed selector quizzes that you can get easily on the Internet. Uh, just find ways to figure out what breeds really are best suited for you and your environment um, so that you can be choosing a dog that's right for you and your family and your home and your lifestyle. Mm. That's interesting because a lot of people just say, oh, I want, um, you know, a German Shepherd. And meanwhile, they have no intention of, like, going out and taking walks and training them. And, you know, then they they wonder why the dog wants to jump around all the time inside the house. And they're like, there's oh, something yeah. wrong with the dog. I mean, come on. Yeah. And and really, the, like I said before, the breed selector quiz. And it's just those simple words that you plug into a, a Google search, breed selector mm-hmm. quiz. These quizzes are they're readily available and you take two or three of them and when you answer the series of questions that they ask you uh you're going to actually they're going to it's going to spit out a bunch of dogs that match your answers. Uh so if you say you're an owner that doesn't want a dog that sheds, well, they're not going to spit out a German Shepherd on that list cuz mm-hmm. that's not or a pug because mm-hmm. those dogs do tend to shed. So um it's really going to allow you to really really customize and you might be a lot of times I think people are going to be surprised at what dogs they're matched to but it's good for them to know that going into their search for whether it's a rescue dog or or choosing a breeder and a breed of dogs it's it's important to do your homework Mhm Now as someone who's worked with dogs for the past 13 years tell us a few things that owners should know about dogs in general This is a fun question uh, because I love to tell owners things that uh, they they probably don't know, and they're things that their dogs probably wish they did know. Um, one interesting thing is that most dogs, I'd say probably 
95% of dogs do not like to be petted on top of the head. If you were to take a little crown and place it on a dog's head, uh, that little area there on the top of their head is an area they don't really like being petted on. You'll see some dogs kind of um, squint their eyes when hands go over their head like that to go pet them. Some dogs might even, um, you know, actually move away. Other dogs might jump because then it's moving your hand off their head. And other dogs, especially puppies, will get mouthy and go mm-hmm. to mouth at your hand. And so they're trying to let you know, hey, that's not what I really like. And, and I always use the scenario with a, a lab. At a, if anyone's been to a dog park and they've been approached by a lab, and that lab comes and shoves his head between your legs, he's, he's basically not giving you the option to pet him in a place that he doesn't want. It's kind of like, you humans don't read my signals, so I'm going gonna, gonna to set you up for success. All that's left is my butt to pet. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times dogs will try to tell us what they want, but if the information is lost, they're going to do something that makes sure that they get what they want. And, and avoiding the top of the head is a big thing. And even in some dogs, it actually will encourage a negative behavior as well. Um, a, a little child that might go over to a dog that's a dominant um, uh, dominant dog, and they go to pet that dog on top of the head, the dog might react negatively because this is a, a, a behavior or an action that the dog clearly doesn't like and is going to make it clear to a, uh, an individual that probably sees as a lower-ranking individual, a child smaller than them. Oh, so it's an important thing to know. Yeah, and it's very important because it, it can bring about bad behaviors. And then it also, um, you know, if you pet them correctly, uh, they're going to do a lot more things for you when you're pleasing them. Um, so it's really a give and take. You want them to please you? Well, learn the things that please them. And um, another interesting thing is that uh, dogs don't like to be stared at, directly stared at when they're doing their business. Um, this is, it, it, I, And I say it all the time. Would you like to be stared at if you were going to the bathroom? No, I don't think so. And, and it's, it, it's, a, it's a thing where I say you can still watch them, but just don't stare at them. Give them space. Give them a room. A lot of times, a lot of house training problems, especially right now with the snow that we've got here and a, or, or a climactic situations, you have dogs that, you know, they need a they need a, a a positive environment in order to eliminate outside. So if you're staring at them and you have them on a four foot leash right over them, they're not going to find that at a very comfortable situation to go to the bathroom. So they might just hold themselves and wait till they get inside to go behind the couch where they're not being looked at. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's it. and it's something that, again, stare at us. Why do they always come into the bathroom? They oh, want to stare at and they're looking. They're looking at you, thinking, "Oh God, are you looking at me? Oh God, look at them. They're looking at me. Why won't they just look away? Give me privacy." Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it's a common thing, and I think if dogs could spread the word about this bad human behavior, this would be a top one. You know, give us privacy for gosh sake. So give us privacy. Uh, Don't pet us on top of the head. These are two yes, very important things please. I think a lot of people are doing. Not giving oh, dogs yeah. privacy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it and it's not, you know, and it's it's just the the humans again doing the wrong thing. So they have hmm. to be straightened out. You know, while we're on while we're on the subject of uh potty business, why do dogs kick up the grass after they do their business? Yes. Oh, a lot of people have this uh, this issue, and I, I think it's funny. And I always get a uh, people always look at me like, really? That's what's going on? It's a it's a marking thing. Um, basically, it's all about drawing attention 
uh, to the, I like to say, the present they've left behind. Um, When a dog eliminates in a yard or out on a walk, they're leaving behind an area that is to be that is a scent, uh, and so they want to have the other dogs in the neighborhood or dogs that might come through their yard be very aware of this little circular area that they just left. So dogs sweat on their paws. That's where they have their their sweat glands. So when they kick, they're actually leaving trails of scent. So when they leave these trails, it's like leaving arrows pointing to that area they just left. So it's kind of like, hey, the more I kick, the more scent trails I'm leaving so that anyone, any dog that passes by will surely smell my spot because I've left enough, I, I've left enough arrows to this little bullseye spot. Um, you'll see a lot, a lot of dogs actually that um you know are somewhat their owners might not realize it but a lot of very dominant dogs it could be a female it could be a, a male they will do that oh. and they might kick every single time after they go to the bathroom but they are increasing their notoriety so to speak they're letting everyone know i'm here and look you guys have to see my spot because i i've left you enough uh, arrows to it hmm that's interesting and is that why dogs Feet smell like corn chips because it's their scent on their feet. <laughs> I call them popcorn feet. Yeah, I guess they're sweating. Yep, yep, yep. My dog loves to sleep under a blanket every night. So in the morning, if you were to stick your head under that blanket, you know, it smells like popcorn. And I think everyone that knows that will be like, yeah, yeah, it's true. It's Yeah, that's where they sweat. So, And that's why it's really important, too. In the summertime, a lot of dogs will have, um, I say, it's great to have like a little kiddie pool or some mm-hmm. outdoors where they can just kind of go and cool their feet off. Um, so it's really, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a scent area and it's a, and it's a, a fragile area. You have to be careful, especially in the cold weather and the salt, you know, those, they have to, those paws have to be protected. Oh yeah. I mean, what are some of the things they can do to, you can do to actually protect their paws in the winter? Well, yeah, that's a, that is a very good question, obviously, because of uh, the situation that we've been in. But there's um, a lot of times I always encourage people to use a, a fish oil supplement in their dog's diet. Um, that's something that you could either use in the form of a fish oil capsule or a liquid fish oil that comes usually in a pump bottle. Um, and or the simplest thing is you just use like a, a canned fish could be a canned salmon and just add maybe a tablespoon to their food. Um, that extra oil is going to help internally and externally, and, and it's a great idea to do it not just when the cold weather sets in, but before. I try to tell people start your oils in September. I do it year-round, actually, because I want to protect my dog's paws, even in the hot summer on the tar and the pavement. Um, But certainly in the winter when it's most drying and you've got a lot more challenges in a cold-weather climate, um, the oils will help keep their their skin and their uh, inside and outside healthy. Um, Interesting. And it's really a... It's a good it's a good additive, and you always want to start very, very, very slowly with fish oil additives, just a teeny tiny amount, not even half of what they recommend. I say a third of what they recommend, and you slowly increase it to make sure it's okay with the dog's tummy. Okay, yeah, because um, you don't uh, want to have any digestive problems. Yep, you understand yep, that? Yep, and sometimes it it doesn't. That's why I that's why I like the salmon, the canned salmon, a little bit more than just the additive, the because it's more food. Like with humans, uh, your body's going to so absorb it better if it's in food form. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Good advice. So, so it's very much. And there's one other thing too is that with the um, with with the bad weather and all. 
I love people to know about products that you can put on their paws, like there's a product called Musher Secret and, you know, something like that. Or a lot of people will use, you know, even a Vaseline, but that's something that's going to give them a little bit of a coating on their paws. I want their paws to suck in this this safe product that um, will protect them rather than when they get out to the cold and the salt and their their paws are drawing in. Yeah, so it's just it's a few things. Yep. We appreciate it. So now we're out of time for uh, tonight, but tell us, Jill, where people can purchase your books. Sure. They're available. Uh, BarnesandNoble.com is carrying both titles and paperback, and Amazon has them available in either paperback or Kindle version. And the books are Don't Ruin the Dog and Choosing the Right Shelter Dog. Jill Keating, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Take care. So should we we take a quick break and then we'll um, get to our final couple of stories? We could do that. All righty. We'll be right back. back with pets teaches so much one thing we wanted to talk about was this controversial um goat daddy ad that was pulled from the super bowl so in case you didn't hear the story uh go daddy had planned to air a commercial that had a dog that falls off the back of a pickup truck and then you know he she fights his way home through all this bad weather and everything he gets home, and the lady says, oh, glad you're home. We just sold you on uh, on the site that we built on GoDaddy. It was so cold. It was cold. Oh, it was just horrible. It was just, like, I, I like it leaves you, it's like that uncomfortable, oh, my God, who thought of this? Yeah. It, who thought this was a good idea? It was ugly. Conversely... You have Budweiser, who always does a beautiful ad. It's the third um, commercial in the trilogy with that puppy and the horses. Right. And they've been pre Well, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to do something with a dog or a puppy, I think, in regards to the Budweiser commercial. Because that's usually uh, you know, what they do for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The little puppies there, and they do a little <clears throat> always things growing up or playing with the other baby horse or mm-hmm. or something like that. And I think they were trying to do something in that favor to try to be funny mm-hmm. and also to be catchy. Mm-hmm. And it backfired. Oh, it totally backfired. I mean, that was just yikes. That's all I can say. Yikes. Um, a little warning. FDA issues warning to Purina pet food plant. This was disturbing. Um In November, Seattle Pets Examiner reported a recent rash of consumer complaints on ConsumerAffairs.com about Purina pet food, and now the FDA has issued a warning to Purina. And the pet food is for cats, dogs, and what was the uh, specific animal that it was for? 
Was it was it one animal or is it for their all their pet foods? Oh, because they do things for livestock and everything. It was um, anything manufactured at this plant. You can find out um, on the FDA site. So it could have been for any type of animal or livestock then. It's a canned food. Oh, it's so canned. Okay. It's because right. it's a conveyor system and the uncooked can. The can wasn't heating up to the proper temperature. Hold on, I'll find it in here. Well, homogenization, I would say. Yeah, and they were afraid. Like it didn't. The article doesn't say specifically dog okay. food. It says canned pet food. Hmm. And that the can didn't heat up. Well, to the that could be cat or dog too, or yep. almost anything. It said the uncooked can of feed grade ingredients that could be full of dangerous bacteria, and it just said the uncooked can of pet food. So. Poor parents, I would check their site if you do use the Purina brand. Yeah. Just to make sure it doesn't include your pet's uh, specific diet. Yeah. So the FDA, the FDA, uh, the information is on the FDA website if you do feed Purina. You definitely want to check it out. And um, we need to talk the last two stories. You know, usually we can find something um, fun and entertaining to end up with, but these were just two bizarre stories that we had talk about. One was a a dog that was found behind Walmart that chewed off his paw. Luckily, um, he was found and uh, he was trying to escape the bitter cold. He was left behind there. But luckily, like this has a happy ending because they, they, um, somebody called the police in Roseville. This happened. And they... How cold the poor little dog must have been. Yeah, Roseville, Maryland. Yeah. I know there's been times where, you know, guys had to chew their arm off to get away when they woke up in the morning, but... Woke up from what? What we used to call Coyote Ugly. (laughs) You mean a girl? Whatever. Whatever. Because they weren't with the actual coyote. (laughs) Are there lumps in the gravy? Uh, Anyway. If she was a double bagger? (laughs) And it's worth chewing (laughs) off your arm? You don't want to wake her up. <laughs> As you can see, I have two freshly attached arms. <laughs> so, cool oh. your engines. Oh, Drew, it's always something. Um, the two surgeries for the dog cost around two thousand dollars, but luckily the the little doggy is okay. And the last weird story in the in the week of weirdness is a ferret. Chews off a baby's nose. All right. Three pet ferrets escaped their cloth cage and chewed off nearly a quarter of the face of a month old girl in Philadelphia area. I mean, come on. So it was a bad situation. Um, it was a horrific, dirty apartment. And yeah, the, the the whole scene was bad. There was it, it was there was really no food in the house. Yeah. And it was a real like you know pigsty. Yes. It was. It was Disgusting. I've yeah. been in situations like that. We are like, you know, it's it's. How I never under- live in it? I never understood wherever you are on the financial totem pole that you have to live in sh- in crap because you don't have that much money. It doesn't cost a lot for a bottle of Clorox and a roll of paper towel. No, it doesn't. It doesn't cost a lot for some. You know, you can even go to the dollar store and get some type of cleaning stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's. Doesn't mean, you know, I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth growing up, and we damn sure didn't live like that, so. It is amazing. But, anyway. I agree with you. So, the poor little um, 
Yeah, you're right. It is upsetting, Drew. But um, at least this situation was discovered. I mean, before something worse happened. And and you can't blame the animals. And the animals hopefully were taken out of the home. There were some other animals there. So the good... You know what? And, the, and the animals always give unconditional love. You can do what you want to them. Yeah. And they're still there to protect you, to be your friend, to give you smoogies. And, you know... Mm-hmm. But... Drew said he had a bronze spoon. Well, I had a plastic spoon, bronze. <laughs> Drew, I didn't have a bronze. Yeah, I, I think, had the plastic. I had the take. I kind of had a. I kind of had a bronze spoon too. <laughs> we weren't hurting, but still. But still. Drew says, "Love your furry family. Love your furry friends. They're family, and that's a perfect thought to end the show, honey." That's true. So we're not going to be on the air next year because we're going to be preparing for the Super Pet Expo next year. Next. What did I say? Next year. Next week. Sorry. Okay. Because we're preparing, <laughs> I'm tired. Because <laughs> we're preparing for the Super Pet Expo, so uh, we'll catch you guys the following week. And there might be some the slight interruptions in our schedule due to our move. Yeah. And logistics that we're going through right now, since it is out of state. So. Um, Just bear with us. Yeah, bear with us. We'll keep you advised and uh, let you know what's going on. Yeah, you're right, Drew. It's quickly approaching so we love you guys thanks as always for your support check out the blog for the latest news and information have a good night we love you all bye-bye